Today I am cheating. I apologize. Uh, I have a script in my hand, uh, but there is a reason why I have a script in my hand is because tonight I am actually talking about a script because this is the story of my first real job as a television science presenter. Uh, this was the day I fulfilled my childhood dream and inadvertently created what my producer has dubbed the When Harry Met Sally moment of primetime science TV. I will elaborate. Uh, for a few years now, I've been working as a geek songstress. Yes, I do have the voice of an angle. And a... <laughs> I'll let the rest of you in the room get that. Thank you. And a professional... <laughs> A professional nerd for hire. Uh, I've taken my physics degree and my love of showing off and I've combined them to create live science shows like Festival of the Spoken Nerd, Full Frontal Nerdity, uh, <laughs> Are You Psy Curious? Or for the maths fans among you, Are You Pie Curious? Uh, and by the way, I do really like puns. That, that is also true. In spite of these things, I have managed to wrangle a few little bits of science presenting on the Discovery Channel, which sounds impressive until you find out the most popular thing I did on the show was explain what happens when you put 240 volts through a Polish bratwurst uh, there is no pun there but there is a gif online if you google hard enough in the gif I talk about exploding sausages while Will Wheaton winks saucily at the camera it's electrifying Got the pun in there eventually. Um, but thus far, the heady world of terrestrial television has eluded me. Uh, so when I was asked to do a piece about the physics of roller coasters for one of my favorite BBC programs, of course, I said, yes. Uh, as long as I can remember, I have always loved experimenting with science since before I even knew it was called science and I had to do all that other stuff you have to do when you give something a proper name, like, like uh, homework, like exams, and like my parents say, get a job. This was pure love of investigation that I think every child has when they start out. Scientific endeavor, when I was small, was pure, it was simple, it was innocent. Hours of my childhood in rural Buckinghamshire would be spent making miniature rainbows from a carefully aimed hosepipe sprayed into the garden on a sunny day. Or determining through experimentation alone exactly how far you need to push a rubber duck under the surface of the bathwater so it springs up and hits your sister directly in the face. <laughs> And in the holidays, pushing the swings in our local park to breaking point just to feel the effects of Newton's laws firsthand. And begging our father to drive recklessly fast over humpback bridges, trading the longevity of our Ford Mondeo suspension for cheap anti-gravity thrills. And when eventually I was old enough and tall enough, I got to ride the roller coasters at theme parks like Alton Towers. Alton Towers that place where whatever you had for lunch is no match for the centrifugal forces of its famous rides. Or centrifugal, <laughs> if you're wrong. <laughs> at the end of my first day at Alton Towers, I remember all too clearly the final score. Nemesis, one. Burger King, nil. Since the electric sausage incident, word had obviously got round that I would do pretty much anything in the name of science. And finally, the call came, the one that offered me a chance to embarrass my, sorry, um, exhibit my skills. Uh, 
on the actual BB flipping C. <laughs> a childhood of amateur science and an adulthood of professional titting around had finally reached its peak. <laughs> My big break was here. So a series of emails told me what to expect. I would be filming in Blackpool at the UK's tallest roller coaster, named with a directness and simplicity that is unusual in British fairground culture, the big one. <laughs> I would have to go on the big one two or three times, or maybe about seven times. Okay, no more than a dozen, 15 max. There were a lot of camera angles they wanted to get, and no problem, I said. Uh, of course, I want to look great even traveling at 74 miles per hour. I would also have to walk up the track before the ride opened to the public. And this is a single, straight, sloping drag, complete with steps and handrail. It's actually quite easy to get up all 213 feet to the highest point of the ride. It's a place where if you focus all of your concentration towards a fixed point on the horizon, you'll feel yourself sway half a meter to the left and to the right in the Blackpool breeze. It's up where you'll taste the salt spray in your face as the wind whips it in from the Atlantic Ocean. It's where the raucous sounds of the Blackpool pleasure beach fade away, leaving nothing but the noise of your pounding heart, the rush of blood in your ears mixed with the call of Lancashire's most intrepid seagulls. Sure, I said, looking forward to it. <laughs> All I had to do up there was read a script whilst competently interviewing a roller coaster engineer. Of course, a walk in the park, I said. A 213-foot-high metal park. My confidence was high uh, until I noticed that every single email that arrived in my inbox ended with the line, and you're sure you're okay with heights. The first few times I thought, yeah, yeah, yeah no problem. Uh, I've abseiled without worry once when I was 12. It was fine. And the height is not going to be a problem, right? No, not at all. I've stood inside the wrought iron roof of the Royal Albert Hall. I've looked down 135 feet to the arena floor with just a square of metal mesh between me and a very much flatter version of me. <laughs> I'll be good, thanks. Um, okay, but... Uh, you are really okay with heights, aren't you? Yes, I have cheerfully jumped out of an aeroplane on a skydive, not a bizarre death wish. And yes, it was flying at the time, not still on the ground. So yeah, sure, I am pretty okay with heights. Yeah, yeah, that's great, Helen, but heights are definitely okay for you. Is that right? Okay, this was the point I started to doubt myself. I know that stressful situations can do weird things to your physiology, what my body might do to me when I got up there was completely unknown. Would my legs turn to jelly? Would my stomach turn into projectile jelly? Would my thin veil, would my thin veil of hastily erected professionalism slide off completely, revealing the naked face of my first panic attack? Would the video end with me crouching on top of Europe's third largest roller coaster, gripping a camera tripod for dear life, eyes locked shut as I sobbed my way through the lines that they'd so carefully scripted for me. I have never suffered this thing called imposter syndrome before, and now I had a full-blown case of it. Maybe they should have got a proper 
physicist. Maybe they should have got a proper TV presenter. Maybe they should have just got anyone, just anyone except me for this job. Um, it turns out I needn't really have worried. Um, the best way to banish imposter syndrome, you can take this tip home, is to find someone who is even more frightened of a task than you are. At 7.30am on the day of the shoot, I met Alex. Now, Alex is the finest roller coaster engineer in Blackpool. He is the man responsible for the safety of the big one and all who ride upon her. Alex, it turned out, is scared of heights. <laughs> he refused point blank to go any higher than 15 feet. <laughs> so with my confidence fully boosted, I made it to the top of the big one and despite wobbling legs and a complete inability to remember two simple lines of script at high altitude, I did what I needed to do. I felt dangerously professional. So after a long morning of these ground level interviews and preliminary shoots, it was time to actually go on the ride. Now this was the real test of my presenting skills, of my physics knowledge. I was mic'd up to the hilt. I was strapped into the front seat of the first carriage with only two GoPro cameras and an accelerometer for company. My task was to give a live physics commentary <laughs> of the roller coaster whilst riding on the roller coaster. This is what I like to call extreme multitasking. And as I proved earlier, when I was both being high up and reading two lines, I can barely multitask at 1G, let alone forces up to four times the strength of gravity. So what I've done is I've actually brought my original script. I've printed it out here um, because good scientists always write down their methods. Uh, to help other people reproduce their experiments and hopefully get the same kind of results. So um, I wanted to do something similar here tonight. So what I want you to do is experience what I experienced. If it helps, maybe you want to close your eyes or sneeze. <laughs> okay. <clears throat> here we are. This, this is the original script. Okay. Rising up the long drag 10 feet, every inch resounds with a clunking metal sound 20 feet. The actual mechanism 50 feet to get you up to the top 100 feet is actually nice and quiet 150 feet, but they've added these deafening thud noises on purpose 200 feet just to ramp up 205 feet. The tension 210 feet, 211 feet, 212 feet. edging towards the drop one centimeter at a time, click. You can't see any of the track ahead, click. It curves away underneath you and down to the right, click, to create the first enormous, steep and thrilling drop, click. The only thing that fills your vision, click, is a strip of sandy Blackpool Beach running left to right in front of you as far as you can see. And beyond the beach, click, the sea, click, stretching out to Ireland, click, to America, click, to the edge of the world, click, click, and then, click, silence before 
it drops. And over and down into free fall, the first almost vertical slope, the carriage pulls you back while your stomach stays up there admiring the view before the track whips you downwards to upwards, a gut-wrenchingly tight curve that subjects you to the highest g-force across the whole ride, your own weight multiplied, pushing down through your body like a figure of death crouching on top of your shoulders. You feel four times heavier than normal. What a coincidence, you think. That's the same weight as a baby hippopotamus. But the thought is ejected from your head like a stone from a slingshot as you enter the first turn. And for six seconds, you sweep a perfect half circle to the right, banking at nearly 90 degrees. And this is where your brain gives up trying to work out what is normal. The centrifugal <coughs> force of the curve acts straight through your body from head to toe. It jams the liquid of your inner ear to the floor. Your body thinks you're sitting upright with your eyes towards the sky. But, but when you look to your left, all you can see is sky. When you look to your right, all you can see is nothing but cold, hard ground. Which do you trust? Your ears or your eyes? Do you trust your ears or your eyes? You decide, too late, you're back upright again. You're down, you're up, you're a baby hippo, you're a flying bird, you're a baby hippo again. You're crashing through another ride in the park. Yes, you are literally riding directly through the metal struts of another roller coaster. Everything is so tightly packed in Blackpool's Pleasure Beach that the paths of the rides twist around each other. Their frames intertwine like the legs and bedsheets of a passionate encounter in one of the cheap motels that line the coast. <laughs> you cruise up to a platform, a thudding mechanism slows the carriage down, levering you to a gentle stop. There is a moment of stillness blood scurries back from your extremities. You have just enough time to catch your breath before the final launch. The track curves into a tight helix, twisting two full turns around, and that feeling is back again. That feeling where the ground isn't where it should be, and you're desperately trying to work out what, but whoa, duck, no, what? Into a tunnel where the walls seem so close you could reach your hand out, and you're overwhelmingly angry at Alex. Why would anyone in their right mind let the ride go so through something so small? But it's your eyes playing tricks again. The perspective is in a spin. You're, it's just a joke. It's just a gag. The walls are far away. But in reality, there is plenty of room. Reality doesn't really count for much right now because whoosh, you're out of the tunnel, into the bright sunshine, under the open sky, and it is done. There's a clap, 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 clap of electromagnets pulling the car brakes with their invisible force fingers until you roll onto a gentle hiss, clunk, stop. Body at standstill, inner ear waltzing, brain intact but fizzing gently, stomach still absent without leave. You're back to 1G, back to gravity, back to boring. So that was the script. Oh. Uh, thank you. I don't want to brag unnecessarily, uh, but I do believe that this uh, is the job I was born to do. Uh, and perhaps it was the adrenaline, uh, maybe it was the lightheadedness, but from where I was sitting in the front carriage of that roller coaster, I absolutely nailed it. <laughs> uh, so you're obviously pretty keen now to see the final edit when it goes out in series nine of Coast. Uh, I've watched it once when I was in the studio adding a voiceover. Um, they won't actually give me a copy of it, 
until after the broadcast, which is, I think, uh, somewhere around uh, the end of July, last week of July. Um, so instead, I will try and recreate for you um, the first take, okay? <laughs> Unedited, uh, right here, right now. So uh, please, again, if you would, close your eyes, if you wouldn't mind, for the, for the full effect. <coughs> Uh, um, uh, 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 ah! I'm a baby hippo. Ah! 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 So yeah, Andy, any chance of a retake? I think I fluffed a few lines there. <laughs> Thank you very much. <laughs>